So yeah, we're coming at you live from the Shelikov Lodge in Kodiak. And um, we had a crazy, oh, airplane, probably someone going hunting. Had a crazy, fun, awesome adventure. Um, so yeah, what'd you think about it? <laughs> it was a weird one, man. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a great hunt, truly. Yeah. Um, it, it went bizarrely according to plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, very rarely do you concoct some like crazy idea for what a hunt is going to be like. Yeah. And then not only have that come to fruition, but <laughs> have it come to fruition after like very repeatedly and violently having your hopes dashed several times. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we've been planning this for since like, well, you've been planning it since before Christmas, but I found out about it at Christmas time. And um, flew in with Seahawk Air, Roland, good dude. The man, Roland is a great pilot. You, you flew with him before, and, right? Yeah, I flew with him before, um, but my appreciation was like, you know, a, a layman's appreciation back then. Uh, haven't gone through and gotten my rating since then. Yeah, I'm like that dude knows what he's. I mean, it's immediately obvious. He's a commercial airline pilot, or was it commercial pilot? Commercial, commercial multi-engine, commercial single-engine. Or the latest ones I got, but like, basically, just after you do that training, you can tell that a dude like Roland is like the Jedi Master yeah. of bush flight. On He's been flying island. up here for forty years. So. Yeah, he knows knows the picture. Mike a little bit. It's kind of like falling around. It's fine though. Whatever. It's fine. It doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Roland's been up here flying for like forty years. Super super good dude. And um, so we got into Kodiak. Um, it was a Sunday, right? Yeah, we had like a lot of time on the front. Yeah. Not a lot of time. We had a day like, or two. We basically had a day and a half on the front end to set up everything logistically. Do a little fishing. Do a little, basically, yeah. Do hit the salmon run. Silvers weren't quite running like we wanted, but we caught some cool pinks and uh, stuff. Some was, uh, Dolly Varden. Some we Dolly Varden. Some Dollies for lunch one day at the Airbnb. So we stayed in the Airbnb. We got here. Um, <clears throat> rented a car through Toro, and then yeah, did a little fishing, flew out. Did we get delayed on flight out? I can't. Nope. No, we flew didn't. Out, yeah. Flew out on time. Basically, yeah, we had like just enough time to do a little bit of fishing, provision, pick our third guy up, and then yeah. roll out. Yeah, so Tommy joined us, a uh, third member of the crew, um, and uh, you'll see him in the film. But um, so yeah, we flew out on time. We thought we might get delayed because of weather, because you're always kind of at the mercy of the weather out here, but flew out on time. We got there, um, got out to this really beautiful alpine lake um, on the southern kind of end of the island, and, uh, and uh, we got our camp set up and went out to have a look around. Yeah, man. Stupidly, I brought my camera, but I forgot to put an SD card in it. So we were kind of just trying to get the lay of the land, and so I got a little cell phone footage of what happened, but... Is, we're we're, we're going to have to... I'm, I'm going to try, like, with a trip like this, there's so much stuff that you want to talk about, but I'm going to try really hard to, like, condense it so that yeah. it's easy to follow from an audience's perspective. But basically, like, we get in there the first night, and we're just, like, feeling our way around. Yeah. You know, shot Excited. a ptarmigan. Uh, you know, just getting like the lay of the land for yeah, we shot a nice ptarmigan. Yes, but just like getting the lay of our land for our campsite, <clears throat> seeing what it's all about. You know, because you get the view from the plane, but right. 
just so different when your boots on ground. Yeah. Saw a lot of deer in the plane right in. And uh, so we like get camp set up, shoot ptarmigan. We're all like, you know, just brand new to the area. And then we're like, okay, let's hop out on this glassing knob and see what's up. No, what what happened was you shot the ptarmigan, and we were trying to look for the ptarmigan. No, you're right. It was while I was yeah, yeah, yeah. while I was looking for the you ptarmigan. Looking for ptarmigan was when I spotted that thing. And I looked down, yeah. and you're like. Yeah, yeah. All right, so basically, to, to summarize, we're, like, brand new to this area. Been there for just a few minutes. Yeah. Just kind of, like, screwing around, not even too far from camp. Mm. And we glassed up a beautiful, nice. big, I guess they'd call it a three-by-three three up here. Yeah, but um, for Eastern people, it's an eight-pointer. I mean. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a really, really nice, threes gorgeous buck, which... <laughs> retrospectively full velvet have, yeah full velvet would have been in a great location to kill oh yeah perfect like location. so we we glass that thing up right off the bat and we're just like he oh, didn't have man. his rifle i didn't have my rifle did tommy even have his rifle no, tommy didn't have his we, rifle. nobody we're, had we're rifle. just like looking around we could have gone back and gotten it though and gotten that oh yeah if yeah. we had wanted that we animal that close that animal retrospectively was like relaxed feeding and in the best position that, that we possibly could have I don't know if I, I, yeah, but he was in like a great spot. Yeah. Great spot to kill. And we, at that point, we were like, oh man, we found it. This place <laughs> is going to be sick. Yeah. It's going to be a slam dunk. We're going to be out of here in a day and a half. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be, you know, tapping the ball in. Yeah, the we, hole. honestly, I, <laughs> I maybe underestimated the hunt or I don't know. I, I did think we were going to finish earlier. I don't know, but for whatever reason, it it got spoiler alert to the story. It got really yeah. hard. But anyway, so but like we're close to camp. Nobody has a rifle. I have a camera, but no SD card in it. Uh, we're just kind of trying to get a lay of the land. End up spotting this really nice buck. We decide to back out, and we figure, oh, well, you know, we'll find him tomorrow or whatever. And 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 then spot. we were further baited after that point by Tommy's buck. Right, but. First, didn't we see those two bucks the next morning that we flared? Yeah, we, well, we saw yeah we saw two. Uh, basically, if we're gonna go chronologically through events, yeah. then yeah the the so the right, first morning. first first evening we see that hammer buck. Yeah. Second morning, we're just again walking around the other side of camp, taking a view on the eastern side of where we were, and uh, we kick up this ptarmigan as we're walking, yeah. and the ptarmigan anybody who's hunted up here knows that they have this very distinctive, loud like wing squawk. beat, and they squawk, and they squawk when, they take when off. they're flying exactly. Yeah. And so we kick up this ptarmigan, and this ptarmigan spooking drew the attention, like Hunter said, of two rather nice bucks yeah. that were with each other. Yeah, and we saw them kind of take off around the hillside, and so that's. You know, we're in this spot. We're like, okay, we've seen three shooter bucks, and and, and not only did they take off around the hillside, those two dudes were like right on each other's ass using the same game trail. Yeah, that was like very obvious. We were like, oh man, this is yeah, like, lots of signs. I had a moment where I was like, it looks too easy right now. Yeah, there's gotta be a catch. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, so the weather was pretty good that day. And that afternoon, so the plan kind of from the beginning was we have our buddy Tommy with us. He's not here. Um, he's not super, like, interested in being on camera. But whatever, you'll, you'll see him. He's a nice dude. And um, he, he is a great guy, likes to hunt, 
not quite as obsessed, I would say, as, uh, with hunting as we are. Like he, he enjoys he does, it. Doesn't quite have the breadth of experience. Yeah, that, and he likes it. But um, but anyway, the the kind of the, the plan. Great, great was, guy, newer hunter. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, we were kind of Ned, especially kind of showing the ropes along the way, and um, you know, I'm learning myself too. But um, yeah, newer hunter. But um, anyway, so the plan kind of was, and since this is my first time filming a hunt. The plan was we were going to get Tommy a buck first and I could kind of get my camera systems dialed, you know, get a good kill on camera. And then we kind of figured let's get Ned one on camera next and then hopefully I will get one third. And we even said like, hey, you know, maybe we can double up at the end or something. But so yeah, so, so that's the plan is like, you know, Tommy's never killed a blacktail. Uh, we want to get him. We want to get him one first. And yeah, then hopefully... By that time, we have a rep with the filming. Yeah. Get that dialed. Hopefully, we get a nice shot of me whacking one. And then, you know, Hunter throws me the film gear, and I film him whacking <laughs> one. That's the plan. And like I said, we were cruelly baited into thinking yeah. that that might happen the way that we thought. Because the first afternoon, we walk around, and we're like, all right, Tommy, man, you're on point. You got this. We're going to go find you one. We're going to execute. Yeah. And that is literally exactly what happened yeah. we walk around the corner of the first glassing knob closest to camp and i see like a red dot <laughs> on the, the side of the hill yeah i see a red dot on the side of the hill with my naked eye like probably 500 yards away and i'm like mm. and i pull out the binos i could see his rack already with yeah. the 10x binos from like five or six hundred yards i was like all right tommy bedded yeah his cud chilling bottom line to give like a quick synopsis of that uh the animal beds directly facing away from us. Well, yeah. First of all, he was facing directly towards <laughs> yeah. us. And then like a gift from God, he literally just randomly stands up, turns 180 degrees away from us and beds back down. Yeah. And like into the wind. Yeah. So like we have perfect wind, the animals facing away from us. He's bedded on this wide open hillside. I'm like, dang, dude, this is just going to be sick. Yeah. And like, you know, to cut to the chase, it was, man. We made an yeah. awesome stalk on it. Hunter got his uh, film gear set up. Yeah. Unfortunately, some... I didn't get the good audio of them doing that, but it's still, it's still cool. Oh, you I can, get the, yeah, you I can get the tell. whole stalk. I got the shot um, and uh, got the reaction, so it, it was... It was, a, it was a real, like, classic Kodiak blacktail situation. You know, we, like... We saw this thing bedded from yeah. a long way away, you know, early season, got that bright orange coat, just stand out, uh, almost like they're lit up in the sun. And, you know, yeah, we got a, we got a nice salmonberry stalk through there, stalking mm -hmm. through some alders and salmonberries. And then uh, we uh, just got up to a rocky promontory about 220 yards away. I broke down a shooting lane for Tommy, ranged it for him, you know, hold three inches high and send it. And... Uh, <laughs> Gave him a little shave with the first round, but put him down on the second one. But yeah, second round, he got it in there. Yeah. Killed him like that. Yeah, bottom line is that whole scenario the first evening was like, it couldn't have been really much more textbook than that. Yeah. It's like, we saw one, executed nice. that great stalk on it in beautiful, like conspicuously beautiful Kodiak conditions. Yeah. Conditions. We that were almost too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, <laughs> a week before this, my app, my Weather Channel app, said the weather was going to basically rain and be, like, terrible the entire time. 
But then it kind of started to change. It looked like we might be getting some patchy stuff in sun for most of the time or whatever. Even the pilot, when he dropped us off, was like, look like you boys are going to get some nice weather. And, uh, and uh, but anyway, so after that day, Ugh. it just, like, it, the weather was awesome. Yeah, so, like, everything's going wonderfully according to plan. Like, we get our buddy. Seen bucks. Get our days. buddy, our first deer. We're seeing a bunch of, bunch of deer everywhere. And yeah. then it's, like, anyone who's. pack out, too. Like, yeah, easy, easy pack out. quick pack out. Like, everything good. And then anyone who's hunted in Alaska knows how the next part goes. <laughs> you know, like, it was, it was, like. The next, I mean, really, 96 hours almost yeah. was, like, just a combination of one or several of, yeah. like, 20 to 30 knot winds, gusting to 35, probably. Yeah. Um, enough to, gear enough to destroy the poles of yeah. one of our gear We had, like, setups. a little gear shelter to um, have a dry spot. Yeah, so, broke the pole so like, that. extreme winds... Zero visibility, virtually. Yeah. You know, there was like one we were, time we were literally on the glassing knob and you couldn't see like seventy-five yards. Oh like, no, you, you were in a cloud. less less than that. I mean, yeah. that I range range the wall of that ravine away from us was like fifty yards. Okay. And you couldn't even yeah. see. You couldn't see fifty. Visibility yards. was less than fifty yards at some point. Literally in a cloud. So we had like extreme wind, uh, zero visibility, uh, driving rain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like all of those together. All the Alaska stuff, man. Like. Again, to try to reduce it to a manageable length, like we got out there and we did it, like we glassed yeah. everywhere. We were putting in a lot, ten to twelve hour days every day. We'd go out in the morning early, hunt for like four to six hours, take like a two hour break in the middle of the day, and then go back out. And we were putting in basically about eleven hour days, like glassing and just in that weather and. We were seeing does um, with fawns up and moving because, you know, I guess they got to keep their kids fed and whatever. Um, but the bucks were just just gone. I'll, I'll add to that, To That kind of started to trickle out towards the end of that weather window. True. We were seeing less does. It was like just a sporadic deer here and there. I mean, you could tell like by the end of that, they were, I mean, very much just in preservation mode yeah. where they just bed down and they will just sit there. Yeah, and like you'll ne like I watched one actually through the remember that one that I watched across the way, she like oh, yeah. I, I was glassing a like a likely spot that we had through the spotter, and I like saw this thing stand up like stretch out, shake <laughs> off a little bit, take a few bites, browse, and then just sit back down yeah. all in like less than twenty seconds. Right. I mean, it was like it was like, and it just disappeared. Yeah. Like you would zero percent be able to see it if you look back 30 seconds yeah. after that so like i mean those deer were just bedded down invisible mm -hmm. not moving at all and i will also observe too that the way that we did this hunt for anybody who's interested in doing kodiak blacktail we did like essentially the most masochistic version of this hunt <laughs> uh you know, like we were in goat and sheep territory. Our transporter yeah, actually, was a goat lake. yeah, our transporter was like, "Hey, uh, how many goats did y'all get?" Because they forgot that where we were yeah. was a, we were deer hunting. So like, we were up there. You can do deer hunts on Kodiak that are much less painful than this. That yeah. do not involve packouts with thousands of feet of elevation yeah. cumulatively after you do all your trips, uh, but. We hate ourselves, so we did that. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful up there this time of year, though. No, it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's like it, it's kind of like one of those. It's like the high nothing, mountain bucks. Nothing right? good comes easy, right? Like right. 
you you have to be really dedicated to the idea yeah. of doing like the the high alpine buck hunt because yeah. I mean if if you if you want to kill like a nice hard horned buck there are way easier ways to do it oh, than yeah. the way that we did yeah like we I mean we were up there side hilling through scree and boulder fields and stuff. And like you don't have to do that to yeah. to do a black tail black tail hunt the, on coyote. The deer, like we notice, they kind of hang out right as the tree line sort of starts. Right when you go from like that tundra kind of spongy stuff into where it starts getting like heavier alders and salmonberry and stuff, and they kind of just get in these little patches of like these open patches. But if they want to, they will just disappear in that stuff, and that's what they did for most of the week honestly. yeah it's, it's actually fun watching them through the glass yeah. when they do that because i mean some of these areas you always hear people talking about kodiak like on the flight in roland said this a few times you may remember he's like oh man the place looks like a golf course from the air yeah but then you get on the ground and it's, it's like a different story 12 foot tall salmon berries which <laughs> for anyone's never been up here basically like raspberry bushes uh tastes really good but yeah delicious berries delicious berries very thick and thorns. yeah thorns it's <laughs> and you can see the deer just like I mean, out one second, and if they want to yeah. be gone, it is a vanishing act, like yeah. I was saying earlier. And, I mean, yeah, bottom line, that is what happened for three days. We yeah. just spent a ton of time on the glass. We basically knew there were deer there, but just weren't going to see them. Like, it was, so that was kind of frustrating. And I started going through, like, the mental, you know, game of, like, all right, well, I was starting to, like, get to the acceptance mode of, like, Looks like I'm going home from another Alaska trip, you know, empty-handed. Like and like and at that point, man, we're pulling out all the stops. We're doing yeah. like all sort like we're we're checking corners of drainages that we haven't looked at since the first day of the hunt. And we're like, oh man, maybe if we look in the lee, there'll be stuff. Yeah. But we did everything. We, we even like shifted. So at one point we had been kind of hunting up till about seven-ish and then going back for dinner. And then, like, one of the late last nights, sort of end of the week, we were like, let's, like, change it up. So we actually went out at, like, 7 and stayed. I stayed out till 10. <laughs> I went back early. <laughs> I was like, nah, man. Windy. But I, I stayed out there on the glassy knob till 10 p.m. I saw one buck, like, probably at least a mile. That's over a mile. Over a mile away and through in territory we knew had grizzlies in it and was... Anyway, yeah, the like uh, a mason going out there at like nine thirty alone <laughs> after this buck, and like I'm very glad I was not stupid enough to try. All that. right, so retrospectively, oh yeah, having now been down in that basin, right? Oh, I'm so glad I didn't we, do that. I mean, the number of things like you could multiple river you crossings, could, yeah, multiple river crossings. You could slip on a rock, get a tib yeah. fib. Yeah. I mean, you'd be. You and hit, multiple you, grizzlies spotted. Yeah, right. Like a grizzly family that we have seen multiple yeah. times in that area. And to describe the area, it was like from our campsite, there's probably like a, I don't know, two or three hundred yard or a foot elevation gain. And then it went around a little bit. And then you could see down into this kind of big open valley with like great habitat. A couple streams running through it some thickets, um, and then the opposite you know, side had a, had a big ridge. And so I was seeing stuff like, we saw a couple bucks, even when it was slower, like maybe two bucks, way over across, you know, maybe two miles across 
on that other ridge through this place we named the Safari Park. And I saw, saw grizzlies down there multiple times. Um, but anyway, I was just getting to that point where I was like, coming to accept the fact like, all right, this is not going to happen again. We're going to go home empty handed. You know, our friend who is a newer hunter is going to go home with this great buck and we've been planning this trip forever and we're going to go home empty handed. And, um, but it did kind of have like a, it actually kind of helped me get into this, um, frame of mind where I wasn't so worried about like the pressure I put on myself with the film and like, uh, getting a deer where I was just kind of like, all right, I just need to enjoy this experience and like enjoy the fact that I'm here and not get so worried about like the film and getting the deer. And so I really like actually helped me kind of slow down and, and just really enjoy being there um, because I was coming to grips with the fact that that might be all I was coming home with was memories, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Did you get down to some low depths in those times? Oh, man. <laughs> I, all right, so like one detail that cannot be left out of the story of just our specific hunt that also I think probably applies to anybody who's interested in hunting Alaska is that I had a really critical piece of gear failure oh, happen. Yeah. And uh, I had these pretty high-speed Salawa mountain trainer boots that are fit me great. They're nice, light, you know, pretty like good for that alpine hunting stuff they're awesome fit wise but they this is the second pair i got a pair replaced last year after the gore-tex failed and they lost their waterproofing the exact same thing honestly this is kind of on me for trusting them i tested them out and their waterproofing is good initially about 10 miles in they become about as waterproof as a kitchen sponge <laughs> and i mean soaking wet feet. i you know like i <laughs> A bit of a connoisseur of being cold and wet and miserable. And, yeah, and, and, and this is pretty tough. And, well, no, like I just have a lot of experience with that in my life. Yeah. And that morning that we were glassing with zero visibility and my boots were just like, just squishing water every step yeah. and blowing like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I was like, dude, I'm not in any shape to shoot anything yeah. past about 50 yards because I'm like... I mean, I had way more clothes <laughs> yeah. on than him and like sitting on a glassing pad and dry feet. You got it. And the, I was still a little chilly. The The point is you got to like, you got to have footwear that you are really, really, yeah, really confident, really confident in. And like the fact that there had been a past failure in that exact pair of boots i really like i was like it's on me for having yeah. trusted them to some extent because like i tested that first pair out and they were good to go initially and they the waterproofing seems to lose its effectiveness like quickly as soon as you get a yeah. few miles in on them so like yeah so don't buy these boots <laughs> it was I mean, that really impacts... These boots, mine, that really, I was the crispy Ativa mids. For, for anyone who's thinking about well. doing an Alaska trip who's like us, like non-resident from another state, just imagine that you're like four days into a trip and like the air temperature outside is 40 degrees in the morning and it's like, all right, I got to go out and get to that glassing knob to see what it looks like at first light. And just imagine the difference between like, ah... I got to put on some nice snug dry boots yeah. and putting on like cold, Sponges. wet, sodden, like, yeah. I mean, it, it is all his socks were wet too. Yeah. Well, I mean, my socks were dry, but they'd get wet as soon as you right. put those things on. Yeah. And as soon as you like walk through about 10 feet of vegetation, which just hold many gallons of water, it's like, yeah, 
you're just screwed. So just make very, very sure. If you're a non-resident, think about it, doing Alaska. God, you just got to have waterproof, good fitting footwear yeah. is like, I mean, that's towards the top yeah. of the list. Absolutely essential. These are what I wore. Crispy Ativa mids. They did great. So anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So to, to cut to the, to cut to the chase again, yeah. uh, what was, as we we're going to bed after three days of just absolutely getting beat, yeah. just like glassing our asses off, not really seeing much. What, uh, like wind that like almost knocked me over a <laughs> and, and broke our shelter. And broke our shelter. Um, so anyway, miserable three days. What was, uh, what was my line right before we went to bed on the on the yeah. fourth day? He was he was he was talking about the high pressure system rolling in <laughs> and how it might be our best shot. I was like I, it, morale was at a very low point there. We're like yeah. you know we're like starting to ration our food. We're now you know, like four and a half five days into the hunt yeah. total and like starting to worry we're, about we're like meat. We're like we're like God is this yeah is that meat that got down on the night of the first full yeah. day going to be okay? So I know we did build a little meat cache and had it up on some rocks so it did actually last and it's fine. But actually yeah that's that's a good one to touch on real quick. Having just processed that meat like I'm kind of a meat snob. Uh, he really is. Test. I'm I'm very very particular like, about the way that meat gets handled and field care. I almost slapped him a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that system of setting up rocks that cool down at night, that's yeah. one that I got from Larry Because there's no Bartlett. trees to build anything or hang or anything And like that. it is extraordinarily effective. Those rocks stay cold, and they retain yeah. that cold that they gather during the night, yeah. in addition to getting air. your meat up off the ground, getting some air circulation yeah. through there. So we built a little rock and, platform uh, from the lake. Yeah, just build like a platform of large rocks that have large enough gaps in them yeah. that the air flows through underneath your meat, elevates it up off the ground, and then, like I said also, the rocks cool down at night. Yeah. It's just like a heat sink. It keeps your meat nice and cool. And then for those good game bags. Yeah, absolutely essential to have good yeah. game bags to keep the Shameless plug, out. I used Argali game bags, and they worked really well. So they had some different brand, but I liked my Argali bags. Whatever, Whichever one you get, you, I mean, that is another really crucial investment. Yeah. Is like, pay the extra, whatever, 20 bucks for good yeah. game bags. That's and the you, best like, 20 bucks you ever spent. The Argali ones, you can reuse them, you can wash them. Um, they're, they don't break, they're pretty tough. So, um, anyway... Um, yeah, we had a meat cache built that kept, you know, rain and sun, if there was any sun, for like five minutes off it. So, night before the last day, we were like sitting That's there. That's the night I sat on the glassing knob till 10. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I saw his buck like miles away. I named him Zelda because yeah. the place where it looked like he lived was like this crazy, rocky, craggy area. Um, I saw him. I basically put him, well, I don't know if you'd be put him to bed because it was night. And anyway, I saw him in this area milling around. And I, the thought sort of crossed my mind to go after him. I, it was like, it was not a real thought. There's no way. Okay, it was nine thirty. I'm glad night. you didn't, man. Uh, it would have been bad. That would have been um, a real show. Yeah. So anyway, I came back and, and, but then so the next day was well our that, last day. Yeah, it's it's the night before our last full day. Morale is the last full day. It was the last half day. We were that's just right. Picked up. That's then. right. We that had we morning. had like one period of hunting left. It was just one morning. morning, and we were getting flown out. And. uh I like order an inreach mess, an inreach weather report, and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, looks like this high pressure system might finally be coming in. Yeah. And uh, for for anyone who's for anyone who's not familiar with like the nerdy part of meteorology, basically like high pressure commonly associated with good weather, and 
uh, like all that cloudy, nasty, rainy stuff that we had been having for the past few days, moody weather, yeah. is stereotypically associated with lows. And I saw like on the inReach report a pretty precipitous rise in barometric pressure, and yeah. I was like, I was like, you Wind know was what? To lay down a little. You know what? I said, Hunter, man, maybe this high comes in, and maybe they're just out there strolling out tomorrow morning. Yeah. So yeah, so um, Ned notices higher pressure rolling in. The day, the evening before was actually nice in terms of sunniness. This is one reason why I stayed out on that ridge till ten o'clock. But um, windy as junk. Just, I mean, I was getting in the face. I was wearing like every stitch of clothing I had. Um, yeah, that was like. 30 knots of wind, yeah. like a sustained 25, 20, 25 knots of wind gusts up to 30, 35. And like, yeah, that's something that I would also pass on to any out of state guys trying to do Alaska is like one of the really big points that I have learned up here is that when conditions are really terrible like that, you're not likely to see a lot of game yeah. and it's best save yourself to save yourself yeah. sometimes you know not not always of course there's exceptions to every rule but he always a lot of times backcountry longevity yeah backcountry longevity man if you like <laughs> yeah if you, like, murder yourself if you just kill yourself day. just yeah. staying out there and whatever it is it's like okay well yeah. you know That's sometimes yeah exactly. sometimes it's best to just do what the animals do like move with the rhythm of the environment where you are and like don't fight it yeah with it don't fight it yeah that's true if those if those animals are just sitting tight because it is nasty i mean that's what i did that night i went back and i had a yeah. nice nice hot mountain house and i got in my nice sleeping bag and yeah. read a book and it was great yeah. <laughs> um yeah so definitely that's definitely a good point um, but that one not, not so, as hardcore as you to be sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was impressed. I but. like getting, you know, I like getting alone sometimes, you know, on these hunts, you know, not like, you know, I like hunting with people, but I also like just, you know, for a couple hours every now and then getting alone and just kind of getting a reset and just kind of taking it all in. But, um, that next morning it was, like I said, we were scheduled to fly out that, did you have something? That morning it was like when we woke up. It's like you're starting to get the first, like, pings of it getting really light through your tent. Yeah. And I remember waking up that morning, and it was cool enough to the point where you're, like, mummy's sleeping bag. You have to, like, retreat a few inches yeah, into it because, like, that the outside air is uncomfortably cold. Yeah. And you have to kind of, like, let your sleeping bag warm the air before yeah. you breathe in it for it to feel really good. And uh, that was a great sign. Yeah. Because well, that yeah. usually higher pressure usually descending air which generally lower temperature not always but uh so that and then i noticed that our tents were not just like wind Flapping. socks yeah so as soon as those two things were verified for me i right. was like oh man this could yeah. be good this could but be good before that so i pretty much every morning woke up an hour before these guys because <laughs> yeah I mean, I like to take my time in the morning anyway. I like to eat a good breakfast, you know, use the restroom. But also, I got tons of camera gear to get change batteries, check cards, you know, pack up my stuff that was kind of, you know, just get organized, eat my breakfast, like I said. Um, so, I was up at dark, you know, getting everything ready, and, you know, I just take a little bit more time. He, this guy is like, 
he grabs his pack and he's like up the mountain. I'm like, hey, what up? So, um, you know, when he's ready to go, he's ready to go. So, but I, I need a little more time. So I was up this particular morning. I actually was like pack on, ready to go. And he was kind of like, uh, he, this is the first morning of the entire week. I think he ate a hot breakfast. And uh, so uh, it was just so cold, man. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yo, glassing longevity. You're going to want a hot breakfast before. <laughs> I know. It was like the first that. morning because I, I knew, I mean, I knew this was like our last shot, I felt like. And he knew it too, but I was just like, I was just ready to go. So anyway, we, we got out there. Yeah, uh, long story short, we get to the glassing knob, and the conditions are like everything we thought that they could be, yeah. and more. Wind and was calm. Wind was like... Sun was out. It wasn't quite dead calm. No, it was. No. It was like... Kodiak calm. It was Kodiak calm. If I, could, if I could like order a magical breeze to have for hunting, like enough to mask some noise, yeah. enough to keep your scent like consistently dispersed in one direction and like enough to be pretty predictable that's exactly what it was yeah. and uh which also is a reduction of wind in the past 12 hours at that point by like 80 percent probably yeah. oh yeah so anyway wind is much calmer nice consistent clear crisp morning yeah. i was like man we get up to the glassing knob and we like saw a few does initially uh and then Hunter spotted that buck. I spotted Zelda. Way the hell across that basin. I still had him on my mind from the night before. Yeah. So I literally looked over in the same spot, and he was about 20 or 30 yards from where I'd seen him the night before. And and this was, you gotta, you know, this was like one of the very few bucks we had seen like all week. And this is our last morning, so we see him, and like we're kind of like, uh, we didn't really want to go all the way over there because, I mean, it's far. And he's he's moving. He's not bedded. And um. And but I was like, uh, I, I you guys, know. if you guys have ever seen a retriever that's being like trained to retrieve <laughs> ducks, and its owner like takes out that fake duck, and as soon as the owner takes that fake duck out of the bag, the dog is just like, that was Hunter on that buck. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I, I saw did. him when he glassed that thing up. He was like. Dude, I got him. I was like, I was like, I was like, all right. Also, because usually Ned spots everything because he has like freaking eagle eyes or something. But anyway, I did. I finally no, spotted no, a buck. It was a great spot, man. Yeah. It was objectively awesome so, spot on that buck. But like, we looked at him and we were like, okay, that's a hell of a long way. If we yeah. go over there. We're gonna blow this basin out, yeah. most likely. And we saw grizzlies down there. And like, we, right there was that. a there was a feeding grizzly. Huge one pretty close to where we would have needed to go for that yeah there was basically a cub and mama grizzly a big one right in our direct path right so so basically at that point we're like okay that would be a we're just gonna watch that we're gonna table yeah i literally said that i literally said ned i'm gonna keep my eye on him in case he bedded down and we needed to make a play later you look down the basin for other deer well, yeah, <laughs> it was basically, yeah, we, we were basically like, look, we got to, we got to give this a few minutes just yeah. to see what happens. Sure, yeah. Because with, with that, the change in conditions, yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, we got to, we got to at least see what happens when start, stuff starts waking up yeah. with this change in weather. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, to to continue with the retriever analogy, Hunter's just watching that thing. He's I was like, locked on. He he is 
thinking about, I was thinking that might be about around passing through that thing shoulder blades. He's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm ready to kill that buck. Yeah. And uh, right as his excitement meter is like getting ready to break the gauge. I wasn't that excited. Yeah, dude, you're stoked to go kill that <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, dude, I was just like, keep it which, Rightfully so. I mean, that, that honestly. I just want to lose it. That, that was the only buck we beautiful saw. Beautiful buck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, very valid. But like, anyway, point is we were very excited. Both were. I was stoked about that, seeing that buck. Um, but like right as we were maybe getting ready to start talking about a way to get over there, I'm like, dude, I got two of them. Yeah. And way closer. They're like a third of the distance away. And also I was looking through my 10 X binos and like I saw antlers on one of them and I was like, okay, that's pretty good buck. And then I saw something on the other one and I was like, "Mm." I don't know, man. Maybe he's like under a tree. Maybe that's part of like an alder. And then he like moved his head and like the whole rack moved. And I was like, oh. So he knew there was two bucks down there. Well, I, I knew that. I knew that well, there you was, said there was I two knew bucks. that there was one. I knew that there was one buck that was pretty good. And the other one, I was like, there is a fair chance that I just spotted an actual monstrosity down there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we've been going, we've been going off the you spot it, you got it rule. Yeah. So basically, we were like, I was like, man, I think there are two of them down there. I, I know one of them's decent, and I think one of them might be like a real freak. And yeah. so I was like, I was like, dude, let's get eyes on these things. If we can confirm that yeah. they are gonna be there and feeding and look like they're in a stalkable position, we gotta send it on that. Yeah, I mean, he saw them. And he, you know, I could tell just from his voice and body language that, like, he saw something good. And um, I I looked, at, he, you did say there's two bucks, I remember. You're like, there's two of them. Probably got it on audio. I might. Um, I'm not sure if I was recording at that time. But anyway, he saw them. I did put glass on them. I only saw one. And again, I could tell he was nice, but I didn't spend it. But it was, like, quick decision. It was, like... All right, let's go. Now, I, I, I knew we, he was ready to send it, we, so I just started to put... Because I had all my yeah. crap out. I had puffies out. I had tripod out. I had water bottle that rolled like 30 <laughs> yards down the hill. So I had to like retrieve all my gear, put it, uh, and then like we went. Yeah, basically we both like we both like looked at each other and we were like, all right, last morning we have these yeah. two killable bucks that are on a hillside that looks like it's going to present a decent shot, may present a decent yeah. shot to us. You can never really tell until you're on the X, but like, looked like a pretty good setup. Yeah. Two bucks feeding right next to each other, looking relaxed. You good like, win. This is it. I was like, I was like, this is our chance right now. Yeah. We got to go. And we, you know, we threw all of our stuff together and hopped down. That drainage camouflaged us nicely, kept yeah. our relative. We went down the other minimal. side of this ridge, so we were kind of like, we weren't Skylander behind the ridge going down. You guys will see it if you guys will see the stock if you watch the yeah, video. Yeah, I got, a, I got a pretty good amount of footage of that stock. It's, uh, it, we, we had, we were really fortunate with the way that that, I mean, again, we were kind of yeah. blessed one with point the way we everything kind of, worked out. Yeah, totally <laughs> blessed, yeah. We were, at one point, we were kind of following a little creek, too. Yeah, that, that's that low. drainage. The end yeah. of that drainage, we just stayed, like, low and kind of camouflaged in with that scree in there. And then we just kind of started hopping salmonberry to salmonberry bush. Mm-hmm. And, like, eventually, I range them at, like, 280. And I see one more little salmonberry bush, and I'm like, all right, yeah, we got to get up to one. that thing. So at this point, we're, I'd say we're about 250 
like that like the last Salmon Bay we're at. And um and this kind of thought had been playing through my head this whole time too is another thing I was kind of processing during this like few days of not seeing deer. Like, am I a hunter first or am I a cameraman first? And that's hard because I'd want to make a really good film, but I ultimately decided like I'm a hunter first. Like I wouldn't be here doing this if I wasn't a hunter. So like if an opportunity presents itself to like kill a deer, but I might not get great footage, I'm going to kill the deer and not like get a little bit better footage and not fill my tag. That's just the decision I made. So, and that, you know, that resulted in me a few days before kind of doing a little solo hunt and, and kind of thinking about all this stuff. And, and that was the first time, like the day before this was the first time I actually put a round in my gun and actually held my gun and walked around and like hunted. I was like, I've been totally a cameraman for a week. Like I want to hunt. So that's what I did. And that's when I did a lot of thinking and processing. Anyway, back to the story. I'm, um, you know, I'm, I put my pack down and I kind of have a decision to make. Do I rip out my other camera and tripod and take the, this camera that I'm using right now um, and try to get like the best footage possible? What do I do? Ultimately, I decide no. So I took the camera that I'm using right now for recording on. I put that on a tripod. It, it is not my longest lens, um, but it's the best one I had. Put it on the tripod at about 250, zoomed in as far as I could, set the focus as good as I could because this stuff is happening fast and he's racking a shell in. He's sneaking up to the next spot. I had a split decision to make. Instead of getting the other camera, I ripped out my rifle. I chambered around and I put this camera on the tripod, got the deer as good a focus as I could. And I said, you know, I'm a hunter, so I'm going to go hunt. And um, took my handheld camera with me at least um, and then got up there. And then so what, what happened from there? <laughs> well we got up to the we i mean we were low crawling there was like there was nothing there were just short salmon berries like knee height salmon berries up to this one little alder bush yeah we get up to that last alder i peek around i see them at this point we're like 220 and yeah. uh i got a final range on them at 220 yep, yep you got that final range you can hear me asking you in the video like, yeah. just confirm that okay cool 220 um and they're like, really on the hill we were on was not a good area to get prone that it looked like immediately. And I'm just like searching. I'm like, God, there's, you know, any kind yeah. of shot that's not prone at 220 yards is pushing it. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we need to get on the ground somehow. And there was just one, yeah, little, did a good job finding one a little rock. And I kind of like saw it and I was like, all right, we got to get over there. So we like army crawl through these short salmonberry bushes over to this thing and sure enough i like look out from around it and it's just like a beautiful shot to this hillside <laughs> just like yeah i mean and the two bucks are it's almost like it's almost like a range and i was like yeah. i was like okay and there's one and there's two they're probably 10 15 yards from each other yeah they were they were, they were feeding together as a group i saw my guy that i'd seen initially and like, yeah, you know, that was, yeah. like from the time I saw that thing, I was like, dude, <laughs> sorry, man, I got, I got to call that one. Oh yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, I got to call the big one. I like, saw it. And I was like, I saw, like that it, thing, that thing he deserves it. I looked at it through the binos, and I was like, like from up at the top of the hill, like 700 yards away or whatever. I looked at it, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and then I like 
I was setting the magnification on my second focal plane rifle scope for the holdovers, which you really don't need to do a 200, just kind of like a force of habit. And like, as I was doing that, I was on max mag for the ballistic subtensions. And I kind of like accidentally like looked at this thing for a second through it. And I was like, Oh God, <laughs> I couldn't I even see like, it. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I like, he cleared a little shooting lane. I cleared a shooting I, lane. I, I, go, I go up there with my knife, I think. I use my... Anyway, clear a shooting lane of the last little bit of the sandberries in between us and the and the deer. Throw the pack down. Get out the rear rest. Get in a nice neutral shooting position, point of aim at the bucks. Yeah. And it was and just... And I got the footage of him. Sh I got the my little Osmo pocket. Yeah. And I'm shooting, like, video of him oh, getting dude, it was, set. It was, it was a... And I had the wherewithal to... We were both wearing wireless mics, so... I got the good audio on this yeah. one, which is cool. Oh, man. It, I mean, <laughs> after days and days of us just getting crushed by, like, some conditions that, like, objectively are pretty miserable to be in, it's like things are finally just coming together, and it's like that moment where you can just almost taste victory, but you're still like, there's so many things yeah. in this next 60 seconds there are so many thousands of things that can go wrong uh but it's just like okay you know we've practiced this a lot of times like yeah. hunter and i spent a lot of time you know we, like we did load development for his his rifle my rifle i we did those together i hand loaded all the ammo for this trip uh shout out to hammer bullets in montana those things are tack drivers and yeah. super badass on game as you'll see if you watch the video <laughs> but uh anyway just like you know, we'd been hitting the range, taking the prep really, really seriously. So as like, I knew that we had done like just about everything possible to yeah. mitigate all of the things that could go wrong in that next very short period of, but dynamic period of time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, like I just, it's just like when, when I was in the military back in the day, it's like, you just go back to your training. You like, it's a, it's a high paced situation, but you just, you know, you know, you know what you've been training for, man. Yeah. You're ready for it, and like, send it. So anyway, break down the shooting lane. We knew that they were at the same range, and at that specific moment, I saw my guy like start looking like he's getting ready to crest this hill, and I was like, oh god, dude, if we lose this shooting position, the stalk is just gonna get so weird, and yeah. like that thing might never even show back up. And looking back, there would have been no good way to get been around. Real hard to make that happen from there. Not to mention going closer to where we saw that grizz. So basically, I was like, all right, I have about ten seconds to make this happen, and I just like started concentrating on my breathing, and I was like. You know what, man? 220 yards, that's not that bad. Just three inches high. Breathe in three times. Slowly breathe out. Squeeze. And I had no idea what happened when my yeah. rifle went off. All I know is that the buck disappeared when I got back on the hillside. I didn't know whether I hit him or not, but I looked up and I saw the second buck. And I was like, Hunter, get on the rest yeah. right now. Hit that thing. And mm -hmm. sure enough, he just hops right on there, racks one in, bam. <laughs> and I was watching with not even binos. I was just watching with my naked eye as the second one just got whacked. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just like strings cut off. Like I said, shout out again to Hammer Bullets. It was, you, yeah. you guys will watch the video, but it's just like, bam, flop, bam, flop. Yeah. And... So, yeah, so I'm shooting the video of him getting the first shot, so I'm not looking at the deer. He shoots, 
And he's like, I think he went down. I think he went down. And then, I, I, like, I, could, I couldn't see his ear when he shot. I just saw mine, so I wasn't sure. I was a little bit of confusion there. You'll, you'll probably see it in the video. But, yeah, uh, I wish I would had the wherewithal to give him the camera. But <laughs> it, at that point, like I said, I was just like, I'm a hunter right now. I'm going to get this deer. I'm not letting this pass. And we got, we, got the, we got the video of the actual deer, too. Yeah. So, so it's a good I shot. I throw the camera down. <laughs> I pick my rifle up. I see my deer still. I probably still... should have picked the camera up yeah, at that whatever. point. I probably should have recognized that. But I was just so focused on spotting for you. Yeah, I was sure, like, sure. I don't yeah, know. No worries. <laughs> got on that, that second. He actually was still bedded. And I just remember just looking up, just confirming there was antlers on him. He it. was like, he was bedded and he was looking at his buddy. Yeah. He was like, what the hell just, happened, just happened to that thing? Yeah. And I was like, Hunter, he's the one that's bedded right under that alder. Yeah. Send it. And yeah, I, I just like kind of blanked out. I was just like 200 second hash, bang, and boo, drops. These, uh, these hammer bullets have this really wild characteristic of making these vapor trails yeah. that for anyone who played Halo, the video game as a kid, like it's almost as exaggerated as like yeah. they have these crazy vapor trails. You'll see on the, the video, it's like you can see the smoke, like a vapor trail. I saw it with my bare eyes. You did? I, it was on just, my shot? Yeah. It was like... It was just like a laser slipping in right behind this thing's shoulder, and I just saw him go down. You even hear me on the video. I'm like, yep, that one's down. Yeah, that one's <laughs> like down. There's no ambiguity about that. And it was just, like, <laughs> perfect. Like, we got it on, like, we talked about, like, I remember at one point, I think he had mentioned, like, yeah, you know, maybe you know, maybe we'll double up, you know? Yeah, maybe we'll get Tommy one, and then we can double right up. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, just like this crazy, off-the-cuff suggestion of something that's, like, so unlikely to happen. Yeah. And we did. Like, what are, what are the chances of that actually coming together under field conditions? And, like, yeah. you know, so two I'm, bucks going right down with good shots after a great stalk with perfect yeah. conditions like it doesn't happen you know this like there's always bang, something move off but it was like two bang, bang flops in 30 seconds it was it's just like, like pow and like you know watching the video you can see it now like you can see why my buck disappeared because i mean that thing hit him and he's just yeah and then and the second and then your buck the exact same thing he's just like yeah pow, i actually down. saw mine go down and um yeah, like after that long week we had, it was just, you'll see the celebrate. I mean, we were just stoked, man. Um, I mean, we were, night before, we were like, God, we're probably not going to fill these tags. Man. Yeah. And to go from that to like the craziest scenario yeah. of, I mean, that's why like great animals that we shot. But cooler than either of the animals, honestly. It like How cooler than down. the score of either than the animals, whatever. None of that really comes anywhere close to how cool that experience was. It was just so yeah. sick, like spotting two of them. Okay, that could be a good pair for us to do this, yeah. double up, and then just like getting down there, conditions perfect, finding that one little tiny ass rock that gave us our shooting lane. Okay. Bam, you hop on the bag, bam, got the second yeah. one, and like two bucks down within <laughs> yards of where they got hit. Like, I mean, like it's I said. So close to each other, just, we could process them like while talking. Yeah, just like, yeah, we just had like a processing party yeah. when we when we got over to them. But like, Couldn't it just doesn't, like, yeah. in the real world, stuff doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And like, Hunter and I, too. I mean, you can, you can even see in the video, we're like, dude, if that came together that way. This would just be astonishingly cool, yeah. which I I still didn't know if my buck was down. I I like for all I knew, I could have totally whiffed it, and he could have just been in Timbuktu yeah. by then. 
but uh, I didn't think so. But tell how that went. So you walking up? Yeah. Along. So you were still. He was still not sure if he got his buck. Definitely saw my buck go down. Um, but I, I, I knew you got him. Like I didn't think you'd miss. So, but I know how you are. And if you had missed, that would have been that would have <laughs> sucked for everybody involved. Oh god, <laughs> I'd be hiding. Yeah. But anyway, so um, man, so let's see. Then we start walking, and we're we're really like really close to where these grizzlies were that we saw. So that's we why in the video I'm like, we, we're you know I think you. Were oh yeah, saying he's like something. we gotta get up there quick. I was yeah. like, dude, we gotta we gotta get these things. Yeah. Like, and so we're yelling like, "Hey bear, hey bear!" the whole way, and we walk up on Ned's buck. What was that like? Finally, we finally got a close look at this thing. It's a monster. Yeah, it was weird. Man. All right, we gotta show him. <laughs> we were, we were, it's not in here by design to show you guys necessarily. We were he caped this thing out in the hotel room, but yeah, like I hadn't planned this is on a doing deer. Had really not planned on doing a shoulder mount, but like. I don't know. Like you walk up on a black tail like this, you probably should. Yeah. He's got do like what you can crazy mass in here. Palmation on both sides. Yeah. Split, Split G2s. Yep. Uh, nice eye guards and this extra like <laughs> dagger thing right here. Um, I mean, this is like weird. Like this is like a nice white tail. Like black tails are supposed to be smaller. This thing is like ancient. So sick buck. My buck is nice. Like a nice, good, respectable, decent, like black tail. But like next to this thing, it looks like a baby. I'll, you'll you'll see mine later. He's down in the fridge. So no, he's he's like a beautiful representative yeah. Buckman. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, like a good. What was he? Uh, seven point by Eastern standards, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know what they'd call him. You call him you call him a seven point. He's dude, three by two. That's like a nice representative Kodiak yeah. black tail man. Yeah, he's got that's, nice eye guards. That's a good one. I'll yeah. tell you what. If I had woken up that morning and known that I was going to shoot an animal like that, I would have just been tickled pink, man. Oh yeah, no, that I was, was soaked with him. That was that was. I mean, both beautiful bucks. Yeah, uh, big body. Just like big bodied. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just yeah. Both of them were big bodied, nice, healthy, beautiful animals. It's just such a crazy scenario. Yeah, the experience. <laughs> I mean, that like that coming together like that, and also one of the bucks just being absolutely buck of a lifetime. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'll never kill one that size again. I'm yeah. sure. But uh, definitely, yeah, amazing animal. So yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, and just yeah, like I guess it's kind of like a perfect ending to it. Just. How we, I mean, Ned kind of brought me in to Western hunting uh, with our trip to Alaska last year and learned a lot from him and he's helped me out along the way. And then, um, you know, to, we've been planning this trip for a long time, working on it, practicing, whatever. And then kind of like, I don't know, like it just doesn't happen that much to get like tag team so double rare. on a bucks. Yeah, so. it's just like, I mean, awesome. you just got to be really thankful for opportunities like that yeah, when you get blessed, them, man. Big time. Yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of a lot of firsts. Like you said, your first uh, animal Alaskan, western. Yeah. Your first Alaskan big game animal. Your first big game animal western hunting. Uh, first two animals that had ever been killed with my reloads within yeah. like, you know, thirty seconds of each other. And we broke a long stand. <laughs> There's a long standing before this, like. I don't know what you'd call it, but like every time we hunt together, which is kind of unfortunate since we started kind of being hunting partners, but it seems like pretty much nothing dies whenever we're hunting together. Oh, well, there's always there's always like some weird string of events that <laughs> yeah. causes stuff to be like way harder than it is. Yeah. And like all of that just disappeared yeah. in a 
<laughs> Hammer Hunter 120 grain 7 millimeter boat trail. Yeah. You know, boat tail. So it ended the spell. Vapor trail. The dry spell. It, yeah, I mean, it was just like, yeah, that all of all of those difficulties yeah. that we had been like, you know, experiencing the past however many trips just vanished immediately with the yeah. sickest possible way to end a spell yeah. like that. So it was super cool. And then, so we rushed up this. We found his buck. Um, we looked around a little bit, found my buck, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, dragged him up, took some still, some pictures, got some video. Um, and then we knew, you know, we knew the, the grizzlies were not far probably. So we started getting to work and, um, the pack out was, it was tough. It was, I don't know. What would you say? How many vertical feet you think? It's about 750. About 750. About 750 for each load. We ended up doing two loads. Yeah. And, you know, he's got his hunting gear and, um, what, two quarters and back straps? Yeah, but my loadout was not nearly as heavy as yours. Your yeah. loadout was way... Your loadout was a yeah, so pain pill. I had been <laughs> all week carrying a full, a full hunting loadout as well as... Two cameras, extra batteries, tripods, etc. So in this trip, I actually had two tripods, two cameras, I think four sets of extra batteries, you know, puffies, water bottles, all the camera stuff, and all my hunting stuff, um, which I carry more stuff than him already anyway, just because I wear more clothes and I just have more stuff. I'm just, I don't know, whatever it is. He's a minimalist, I guess. Um, so I got full camera loadout, full hunting loadout, and, you know, half a deer, um, so anyway, it was, it was, it was a tough pack out. It wasn't like, it wasn't like insane, but it was not easy. We had to do and, two trips. You know, honestly, every hunter thinks about this. If, if you're being completely transparent, Alaska has the rule whereby you have to leave the, leave the rack until right. you've got all the meat packed out. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you're, yeah. you're like a little bit, I mean, you work so hard for those animals and like, you, you know, between that and want, yeah. having half of the meat there, you're just. I like, didn't want to oh, leave my stuff God, there, dude. What if there were that grizz showed up and tried to claim those carcasses? Yeah. Oh, I really didn't want to leave stuff like, there. It's it's just scary that first pack out, but yeah. ultimately, like we talked about trying to just hulk it out and do the whole thing in one, that would have been really disastrous in hindsight. Yeah. You you just have to like you just have to know like hey. We'll get this done, get back as soon as we can, take our time carefully getting back in to make sure that there's not a grizzly that's claimed your kill site or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just gotta you just gotta go through things like slowly, methodically, carefully, do it the right way. It would that's another really big learning point is I've heard of guys trying to like, yeah. oh god, I don't wanna leave anything, so I'm gonna take this super huge load yeah. and like it was Man, already tough enough. It, it, yeah. yeah. With with your full hunting loadout, especially in the morning, like you got a bunch of layers because you're cold glassing first thing. Yeah. Got all that, you know, spotting scopes, cameras, guns, all that stuff, plus half a deer. That is a uh, yeah. doozy to pack up yeah. almost 1,000 feet. So we got we got that out and then got our buddy Tommy. He helped us with the next load. and um, um so that was a little bit lighter but still it didn't feel any lighter because we'd already done it once pretty much yeah i mean that was like honestly that was a fairly strenuous pack yeah. the worst thing in the world but yeah. uh and we were like enjoying ourselves taking our time eating yeah, it was a beautiful day stuff. gorgeous day and but yeah enjoying you just... the the victory man oh yeah yeah no so. i mean it was 
it was uh yeah as as steve would say type two fun yeah it was uh it was good was i great. mean yeah you just gotta you just gotta know like take your time do it the right way yeah. don't try to rush it but as yeah. soon as we got back to camp we did get back to our um to our meat and antlers like oh, asap yeah. we didn't hang around no absolutely I you think, like you you take the time necessary but yeah, yeah you get back, back there, there and get it asap because as soon as you get it back to camp and download it in camp inside of a bear fence you can kind of like breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief yeah especially Although he hasn't breathed a sigh of relief until it was processed vacuum sealed and put in a freezer <laughs> trying to take care of that man no no I, I <laughs> no it feels good but yeah um and that's why i said a little bit of a sigh of relief they're like sure. levels of the size yeah, right, of relief right. it's like first like 30 one levels first one is getting it back to camp yeah second one is knowing that it's going to be in the 30s that night yeah it's real good for the meat third one is getting picked up on time which did not end up happening because of the weather uh so we ended up spending an extra night out there but there's no sweat because yeah. it was Still nice and chilly that night. And, uh, yeah, so then you get picked up. You get it back. That's another sigh of relief. Then you get it, like, nice and processed. Get mm -hmm. it cool. Mm -hmm. That's a sigh of relief. And then, like, the last one is when you get it. Get in, it all frozen. Get it into your, uh, get it right, into your freezer back home yeah. with the... Uh, with the power monitor that sends you the yeah. uh, push notification to your cell phone if it loses power. Oh, you have one of those? Freezer. Oh, oh, absolutely. Wow. That's legit, dude. That's you have level. to. Have to. That's next Fruit level. chest freezer, man. I mean, you know immediately if, if there were power loss. Like, yeah. Oh. That's a great. That's, for me anyway, for a guy who's like, if, if you are a guy or girl who is really worried about like well if you got meat in your fridge paranoid about that's, that's like thousands of dollars per year yeah. I mean, what is it a hundred, couple hundred dollars a pound or something you know after like flights and all this yeah, gear and everything but if, if you work that hard for it it is yeah. really nice to know that's my final final like sigh of relief <laughs> is knowing that the meat is frozen in What's my freezer i forget which kind i have okay. they have them on amazon but freezer in like yeah in like a, like a freezer that is plugged in at a house with a generator way <laughs> with the uh with the Backup power there. monitor that tells you if you're if you lose power to it at that point i'm like okay we're good now yeah. Now we can start thinking about what kind of burgers we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so like, we'll, I'll do a whole nother episode about like logistics and all that stuff because I know a lot of guys are curious about that stuff. We just wanted to get like the story out while it's like fresh and we're still here on Kodiak and Shelikoff Lodge. Um, and there are a lot of really good learning points for this one, man. Absolutely. We always, it's so like the military side of me, we were talking about this all week AAR points, right? After, After action, action reports. Report. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, do you want to go with some of your biggest ones first? Because we got points, some really good ones, yeah. man. Some I mean, really good ones a lot of trip. my AAR points, honestly, are like videography related, like gear I didn't need to bring or gear, like I brought an extra tripod I didn't need. Um, I didn't need about half the batteries I brought. Um, the Osmo Pocket 2 was great for motion time lapses. Um so uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff with that that I can I'll, I might do another podcast too, even just about video stuff. But I'm trying to think as far as like hunting. I don't know. Does anything jump out to you right now besides don't buy Salawa boots? <laughs> I think the biggest one is uh, sometimes in Alaska, opportunity yes. only knocks once, and that almost happened to us. Yeah, like we, we got redeemed. We but... like we got very 
like extraordinarily lucky with the way that things shook out at the end there. Robust. But like, yeah, whichever whichever one, you know, we we got hooked up at the end yeah. there. God and, help and us it, out. Yeah, big man upstairs was looking out for us. Like if that hadn't happened, then essentially it would have been a story of like missed opportunities because we could have killed that nice right. one that first night. And like, so what he's saying is, if you see big, a buck the first yeah, night, if you, you go for if it. you're if you're in Alaska and you see an animal like you just got there. Now in some species you have to wait until the next day to hunt, but right. for deer you do not. Right. And uh, like, I'm like 99 sure that that's the case. No, we can we can is. fact check. No, we I know it. Anyway. Uh, I just want to make sure before I put stuff out. I, I know on the record. I, I also know 100, yeah. but just just making sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if you see a nice animal and you are within your legal shooting parameters, don't pass it up. Probably think about taking that. Like, yeah. is there a really, really good reason for you to pass that thing up? If there's not, you know, like you yeah. you you may very well not get an opportunity again if that nasty stretch of weather had stuck around for another 12 yeah. hours hunter and i might have eaten our tags yeah. and well i had multiple tags i could have even tried to that buck the first night and then you know but whatever but yeah i'm just if you saying, get an opportunity take it. if you get an opportunity in alaska things change so quickly up here and so profoundly yeah like not just don't just assume not you're just seeing like, bucks because you saw them the first right day. if you see if, if you are in an area and you see a nice one probably send yeah. it on that um and then the other one that i have is if you either are silly like us and <laughs> pass up a good opportunity initially <laughs> or if you are just stuck somewhere really that backcountry longevity is a like that that is pretty much a common theme in every trip I've ever done up here. It's like if you can just sit tight until I mean and this is what ended up being the story of this trip. If you can sit tight until the conditions come around for you, yeah, probably okay. Yeah. I mean, don't try to be a he-man and that's, like sit in the rain when you can't see 50 yards anyway. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you might have to hunt nasty stuff, but yeah. like a lot of times just you know move with the movement of the ecosystem where you are has yeah. been like really really effective like if it's terrible and nasty in in this case the animals were bedded all week yeah. and we were basically just butting our heads against the wall trying yeah. to be out there and like glass animals into existence and that's not going to work and, and that it was hour like nap every day all, was... yeah we, we started instituting hour naps and like that was great real refreshing yeah. for you all it took was that weather window to turn around and it was just a complete, like the same physical place that we were looking at became completely different. Yeah. It was like, it was like not even the same planet, you know, this, the area that we had just been like shivering, spending hours and hours glassing over just yeah. to like see one doe two miles away. We probably glassed over this buck two dozen yeah, times. More than that. Yeah. More than that. Way more than that. Like yeah. many dozens or hundreds of times. It just wasn't hanging tight. Over this buck. And himself. like... All it took was These the weather bucks. conditions changed and it went from being like a barren like question of whether we were even going to have another opportunity all week. Because we were like, wondering if we blew the like, place out. To like, which one are we going to pursue? Yeah. You know, it just changed that fast, yeah. man. I mean, that's my biggest AAR point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. And then if you if you know there's good areas like 
like that where you you know there's deer in there but they're not moving that's one thing too is we didn't just go like bombing and charging into those areas we you know we got to places where we could glass them and, and observe them but we were careful about like not like charging in kind of blind like that area that we ended up killing our deer in um after we saw that's the same general area we saw that deer and that buck in the very first night that we didn't go after but we didn't even go back in there for like another day or two after that. We kind of left that until after we had killed Tommy's buck. And then even then we didn't really, we, we, you know, we were careful around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, we did play that one just right. Yeah. Like we, we glassed that area a lot where we killed our two bucks, the safari park. Um, we spent a lot of time glassing it, but we did play it smartly in terms of like, there was no charging down to yeah. ridges closer to see if we could get a better angle, yeah. uh, you know, as like a last ditch effort. We like left it. We knew that like that area that we were glassing from, like if that place comes alive, we're going to see him from there. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so instead of blowing it out with like some crazy scheme, we just waited until things came, came around our yeah. way. And like, as soon as those conditions happened, I mean, that was just, having spent that much time looking in that area for like almost no return and then getting there and it just being like, bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. Seeing how quickly it could change. And then doubling up. Yeah. So anyway, guys, that's basically the story. Like I said, I just want to share the story with you guys. We're going to have a lot more. I'll have more episodes. Hopefully I can get Ned on like zoom or something. And we can do another episode about like logistics. Cause I know a lot of people have questions about that and how to do a hunt like that. Like this, it's not it's not that uh, out of reach financially, and um, it's definitely doable if you know if you, if you want if you want to get up here and, and experience Alaska. Uh, it's not the easiest hunt, like we mentioned, but you know if you're serious about it, um, you can get tags every year. You can get multiple tags. It's a fun hunt. It's beautiful. I I loved it. Um, so show me that deer one more time, and uh, be on the lookout. Um, I like I said, I it was my first film hunt but um i think we came out with some really good stuff so um you know keep an eye out for the films coming out um thanks for listening and we will uh, we'll see you we'll see you back uh on the next podcast thanks guys thanks again for listening to the hunter's quest podcast and make sure you stay up to date on social media at the hunter's quest on instagram and the hunter's quest podcast on facebook and we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day-to-day as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here as always i'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear fitness whatever just drop me a line in my dms or you can email me at hunter at this is huntersquest.com If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave me a rating and a review. That's really helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. So stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff in the works. And I'm really excited to continue this quest together.